Hello and welcome back to Husker Half Hour. Today hosting the show, we've got a full-time college student who co-hosts a radio show and a full-time substitute teacher. So, we've got your expert opinion for this Friday, the day before the Husker game. Yeah, we're the foremost uh, opinion on Nebraska football in the entire state. Exactly. The don't voice let, you can trust. Yeah, don't let anyone tell you otherwise, it's us. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the game two years ago where Nebraska lost to Northern Illinois. Uh, we're going to be talking about what Northern Illinois is going to be bringing to Memorial Stadium, their strengths and weaknesses. We're going to talk about what Nebraska will be bringing to the table with the game plan. And finally, we're going to give our own personal expert predictions. We're going to pick a winner and a loser, maybe predict a scoreline. And then we're going to talk about uh, who we think might be voted MVP. Stay with us. I'm going to go pee while the song plays. Hit it. <laughs> You like boo, that segue? Boo. Go Big Red, baby. Overused. Also, where's the Kool-Aid at this point, dude? You have to have very weak Kool-Aid, very minimal expectations. <laughs> a lot of vodka. Yeah. Oh, vodka yeah. Kool-Aid, the drink of champions. Yeah, it's what I uh, what's what I tend to make for myself at home. Hastings, Nebraska, the home of uh, Kool-Aid and... Sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, vodka Kool-Aid. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Where were we going with that? <laughs> I don't know. You, were, you peed during the break. Because the song plays for like a minute and a half and people probably get bored. I wonder if anyone's figured out that they can skip it. Like, how many people skip ahead? Do you think anyone's figured out that we don't actually play that song live and it's just completely afterwards? No way. Are you serious? Yeah, I we know, don't right? actually press a, press a play button? It's the magic of podcasts. Do you think anyone, you know, actually even listens to the show? <laughs> <laughs> no. That might be an issue. No. Uh, if I post this on my Instagram and somebody listens to this, first person to DM me and says, Hey, I heard this part on your show where you're like, whoever listens to the show... And here's this part. I'll give you $5 in Venmo. Whoever, $5? Really? Yeah. If I post this on my Instagram and somebody hears this, DM my Instagram account. I'll Venmo you $5. I don't think we're going to get anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if we do get somebody, we will shout you out on the next show. Maybe. Uh, next week. Depends if you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on who you are. Yeah, depends on really how many Instagram awkward. followers you have. <laughs> yeah. And how hot you are. Um, so, Elijah. Hey, man. Hey. Welcome back to the show. We're a day before game day. How you feeling? Nervous. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. Genuinely? Um, yes. Just because of the injury bugs hit Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, the, the second half performance is not ideal, and it, it really comes down to how a team's going to respond in this week. It's, it's, it's a big week. But um, you know what's see. great is we're not playing at altitude anymore. So We're playing at home, yeah. and I mean, I don't think we could ever lose to Northern Illinois, could we? <laughs> yeah, we could never. Oh wait, we did. Tanner Lee, 2017. 17. Well, also Mike Riley. We can't put that all on Tanner Lee. 21 217 
the victors being Northern Illinois. <laughs> uh, what game was that? The, that wasn't the first game of the season, was it? That no. was third. Third game of the season. That was the beginning of the end for the Mike Riley era. Youch. Yeah. Two picks. Oh, the, the first drive. Remember it? We drive all the way down mm-hmm. the field, mm-hmm. and then it's uh, a screen The play. screen that they take all the way back. <laughs> they took it 80, they jumped 90 it. yards. How many teams jumped that exact screenplay that year? I feel like at How least... How many times do we run that exact screenplay that yeah, year? Yeah. All, we were trying to get the ball out to... JD. JD. Because I, I remember this distinctly because Stanley Morgan was in the slot and JD Spielman was out wide. Uh-huh. And when you look at that on film, you go... What? Well, obviously, yeah. Stanley Morgan's not your slot threat, and J.D. Spielman's not your outside threat. Right. Obviously, Stanley Morgan's in the slot something's, to block. Something's going on here. Because J.D. Spielman's probably coming for a screen. Right. Um, I distinctly remember sitting through that game and the entire time thinking, like, oh, we got it. Oh, we're get, we got it. No, we got... Is this real? It, it no, we got, is this like, real? Where it's like... Yeah, it's like, well, we had a bad first half, but we're still in Nebraska. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. Well, or not even we're still in Nebraska. They're still Northern Illinois. That, yeah. Yeah. Big time that. And then I I distinctly remember having a lot of justification after the game where people were really ragey, and I was like, well, but their defensive line's pretty good. Yeah, but I I feel like there was a lot of justification points afterwards Mm -hmm. of like, it's fine. The season's going to be fine. And. And there's not going to be any of that this week. Yeah. Nebraska no, just, Nebraska needs to take care of business this week. Exactly. Yeah. So let's get into it. The game in 2017, uh, where did we fail in that game? We just underestimated the entire the entire experience. Well, we the, failed in that we were a Mike Riley coach team. Yeah. Bingo. Um, everyone knows. Everyone knows the failures of Mike Riley. Strength and conditioning wasn't there. Um, his game planning wasn't there. His defense was always atrocious. Bob Diaco was the defense coordinator against Northern Illinois. Holy smokes. I've heard some interesting stories about Bob Diaco in the past week. Oh, he's uh, crazy. He's crazy. The conditioning that he put them through, like if, if any of that would have broken, uh, shout out to my, well, shout out to my inside sources. If any of that would have, would have broken, then it would have been not good. The stuff he was throwing them through people passing out, people on the sidelines, people. I want to play a soundbite. Um, but I'm going to make you find this after the show. Okay. Cause I'm going home. Okay. Um, but it's Bob Diaco talking after we lost at home to Northwestern, I want to say. Okay. Um, and he, he says a whole lot of nothing. It makes no sense. Um, so we'll, we'll play that for you now. There's no reasonable reason considering where the defensive program was at to believe that they should be able to do everything that needs to be done in the game to to win the game. The strain is spectacular, right? So we can just go back and look at the game. Then you see, do you see the strain? I mean, do you see it or no? Or is it just something that I'm missing? Right? You can't play a game like that and win. Right? So the things that happened in the game create like an impossible circumstance to win. Literally makes no sense cool. what he says. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, that he's just crazy. Yeah. The, the, also, the, he was hailed as such a spitfire, like, savior coach of, like, bringing such an innovative defense. And Have you ever thought that maybe he was such a bad defensive coordinator that Manti Teo needed a fake girlfriend? No. <laughs> <laughs> he needed just some companionship. Cope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay, we can talk about the Mike Riley era forever. We've all heard about it. Fast forward. Uh, this Northern Illinois team is under a new head coach. First year head coach Thomas Hammock um, lost on the road last week to Utah, even though he gave them a pretty good test. And he, uh, he he did get the win in week one. And what he really wants to bring to this Northern Illinois side is uh, he wants to throw the ball when he comes to Lincoln. He's got a new transfer quarterback in Ross Bowers who won the job week one over... Uh, 
Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Marcus uh, Chowders, that's who it was. Marcus Chowders was the week one quarterback. And then Ross Bowers, the former Cal quarterback, comes in and wins the job. And uh, by all accounts, has done good things because Northern Illinois does not have a good rushing attack. Mm. Because of who they've got in the backfield or at the line? Um, They have a good running back who's kind of failed to uh, run the ball well this year. Holy smokes, they rushed for... How many total yards in that game? 16, 17, against 18, Utah? 25 yards. Oh, yeah. They, they 20, had almost nothing going. 25 yards total against Utah. The uh, Northern Illinois is not going to be looking to run the ball against this Huskers team, especially with the Huskers only allowing 2.2 yards per rush so far this year. Right. Um, Northern Illinois, on the other side, is averaging 2.6 yards per rush. So you would think this is Nebraska's strength against Northern Illinois weakness. That offensive line is not great at running the football. So look for Ross Bowers to come in, and he's going to have to spread the ball around a lot. He's a pocket-passing quarterback. That's why he won the job week one. Uh, the, the guy he won the job over was not a pocket-passing quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was a dual threat who was not the best decision-maker. Marcus Childers. Yes, Marcus Childers. Uh, anyway, look for Ross Bowers to be spreading the ball around a lot, but also look for Nebraska to be getting a pretty good pass rush. If Northern Illinois is in a place where they have to put Bowers in a seven-step drop, it's danger time for them. They're looking to get mostly three- and five-step drops for him. Mm-hmm. Um, get him out quick. Get him out quick to to reasonably quick. where Cut, he, cut the ends. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's what you're going to be looking for from this Northern Illinois offense. Um, a lot of slants, a lot of hitches, a lot of bubbles, um, a lot of in routes. Uh, don't look for many posts fly routes, uh, flag routes, anything like that. That's not necessarily be off the table unless down in distance really, uh, really necessitates it, but definitely a lot of short passing similar to what, uh, I mean, you can almost compare it to a Colorado offense. Hmm. Maybe, uh, the ball's gonna be out of the hands a little quicker, maybe close to what we saw against Colorado in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, the occasional deep shot, mostly dink and dunky down the field. That's what you can expect to see from this, uh, this Northern Illinois and offense. a worse running game. Much worse running game, but it's not like Colorado did anything on the ground against us either. Yeah. So, on the other side of the ball, uh, Northern Illinois is going to look to get after Nebraska with a pass rush. They uh, they got Utah a couple times last week. That defensive line, a little bit undersized. Uh, that being said, though, they are really good at plugging up the holes. They have not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 17 straight games. That dates back to November 2017. So, I really expect that Maurice Washington is going to have to be a bigger threat receiving out of the backfield than he is with his pure running. Um, don't expect to see a whole bunch of Dedrick Mills this game just because Northern Illinois wants to clog up that inside. We, we're going to need a back that needs to cut it out. So you're going to say say that Nebraska is not even going to try to hand it off to Mills up the middle? Like we're not going to try to third, try to third, and short, well? third and short maybe. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't expect to see Nebraska really trying to set the run game early and often though. because of the way that they're using their line and their inside backers. They're just stacking the box with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Well, not necessarily stacking the box with a whole bunch of guys, but uh, their offensive line or the defensive line um, is good at playing two gaps. They're, they're this, there's some smaller, quicker guys, not a single D lineman is over 300 pounds. So I kind of want to see what they're going to do against a big 10 offensive line, just because Utah is not a, they're a pack 12 offensive line. They're not built to power run. I kind of want to see how they, how they hold up against Nebraska's offensive line. I, I guarantee we're going to test out the run game early. And if we can pop off a couple big runs early, it's going to be a, uh, a tough game for Northern Illinois to stop us because they are, I assume game planning to have to stop Martinez through the air. It's kind of the opposite of what Colorado did. 
Mm-hmm. Colorado in the first half, let Nebraska throw the ball on them, try to stop the run. Expect to see the opposite this week. Ex- because their natural strength is that mm-hmm. of stopping the run. Expect to see Northern Illinois. They have backers who fly around, um, who fill gaps pretty well. They have D linemen who are quick, who like to wreak havoc, who like to play two gaps. Um, so expect to see base defense, Northern Illinois, throwing some weird coverages at Nebraska, trying to confuse the young Martinez if they can. Um, but if Nebraska can reel off some runs early, that's really going to throw a wrench in Northern Illinois' game plan. If we can impose our will on the ground, uh, mm-hmm. create more of a balance rather than just having to go through the air. What's going to be huge is we talked about this at the end of last week that Nebraska needs to be picking up those first and second downs and or just picking up first downs um, instead of getting into third down situations. That as soon as a third down comes up, Northern Illinois is going to be bringing pressure. They're going to be finding creative ways to get after Nebraska. So it's important for the offense to get rolling with first downs, not even getting to third down, first and second down, picking up first down. And what's scary about this Northern Illinois team is they're one of the best teams uh, outside the Power Five at getting off the field on third down. They allow uh, first downs uh, on only 22% of third downs, which means they get off the field 78% of the time. It's it's still a small sample size. It's early in the season. But on 78% of third downs, they get their team off the field. So Nebraska does not want to be in third and medium, third and long situations because this Northern Illinois loves to give you uh, the short stuff and then fly to the ball. Which is where we've really struggled the first two games is our offense getting into a third down position and not really being able to show any spark to get out of it. What what, what this Northern Illinois defense wants to do is fly around, um, bring a lot of guys to the ball. I want to see if Frost is going to try to capitalize on their aggressiveness. Uh Flea flicker. That'd be cool. After it burned us last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the type of thing that would really burn this Northern Illinois defense. They love to be quick to the ball. Uh, they love to shed blocks, uh, rally to the ball, make a gang tackle. And that's why they get off the, the field so well on third down is because they really guard the mm-hmm. sticks. They make you throw the ball underneath mm-hmm. and then they rally to the ball and don't let you get to the sticks. But as a Husker fan watching, we have to go into the game knowing that there's going to be moments where we get in a third, third down position and can't get off the field. Um, and so that, they're going to get some. Their defense is going to get some on our offense, but hopefully our offense is able to crack some against them. The key for this is going to be yardage on first down. If Nebraska is in a position where we're getting stuffed in a run game on first down and we're getting second and long, and then it gets to third and medium, it's, it's danger time. We, we need to be looking up, picking up chunk yardage, getting to second and manageable. Uh, an ideal situation for Nebraska to be in this game is second and five, second and six, second and four, somewhere in that range. We don't need to be taking deep downfield shots on first down, but we need to be picking up the yardage because if you get yourself behind the eight ball after first down, it's going to be tough to uh, to even get a first down on this Northern Illinois defense, just with how they fly around the field. Cool. So let's sum up Northern Illinois' strengths and weaknesses going into the game. Elijah, something really simple for people to uh, maybe a statement that they can memorize going into it. Northern Illinois strength is their defense. Well, I'd almost go with self-belief. Hmm. They're going to fly around the field. They're going to run their offense, how they want to run it. They, from what we saw against Utah and from what we saw two years ago, and from everything I've heard coming out of camp for this team, they truly believe they can go in and take on the big dogs and play them they don't need to go win cheaply. They think they can go straight up, go nose to nose with these guys and beat the power five teams. So that is their biggest, uh, their biggest attribute is that their defense is going to fly around. They're not going to back down to anybody. Their offense is going to sling the ball around. Ross Bowers is a former power five quarterback. He's beaten some good schools. He's beaten UCLA. He played at Cal. Um, 
expect to see him slinging the rock around and not playing with any fear of failure. So they're going to come in with the expectation to win, not the expectation to come in, lose, and get paid. <laughs> yes. Uh, and their weakness, Elijah, if Nebraska were to be able to exploit something, would be what, in your opinion? A, um, one-dimensional... One-dimensionality. How one-dimensional they are on offense. Let's just let's just flip that. Let's completely eliminate that word. Mm-hmm. Um, how one-dimensional they can be on offense. If Nebraska can take away their running attack, uh, it's going to be tough for them to move the ball just because Deontay Williams did go down with an injury last week, but uh, secondary is still the strength of this team uh, with Cam Taylor-Flyner on making plays, uh, Boodle, Jackson, Lee, all those guys. Uh, expect them to have a... I mean... It's going to be tough if Bowers is putting up 40 passes on them. That's fair. Uh, but expect them to have a really good game, and they're going to need to have a good game if Nebraska wants to win this game. Uh, so we talked about Northern Illinois. Let's transition across the ball to Nebraska. What are you looking for uh, in this game? We've kind of talked about it a bit, but what what differences are you looking for in the Nebraska team this week? I expect them offensively to start there. I expect them to try to keep Northern Illinois off balance. Um, not necessarily running when you're supposed to running it. Not necessarily passing where you're supposed to throw the ball uh definitely expect them to get a lot of pre-snap motion and they're going to want to test early and see how t- uh strong that northern Illinois run defense is because nebraska across the board in the offensive line outweighs the defensive line of northern Illinois. northern Illinois comes out in a 3-4 and they got a guy who's 290 guys 280 and a guy who's about 275 mm-hmm. we look across the board at nebraska where nebraska's lightest offensive lineman is cam jurgens at 285 Mm-hmm. So across the board, Nebraska is going to outweigh Northern Illinois. Uh, so can we keep up with their speed? It's that's the, the real question is, especially in pass blocking, is the offensive line going to be able to pick up the stunts of Northern Illinois because those guys are going to be coming quick. Um, they showed against Utah they like to bring some weird stunts. They like to bring some linebackers looping around just because they got quickness on defense. So those are things Nebraska struggled with last week against Colorado. I want to see. Uh, if Frost has confidence in his offensive line to run some deeper pass plays, mm-hmm. if he thinks they've worked hard enough in practice and they've picked that stuff up, then it's going to, mm-hmm. I am looking forward to personally how much confidence Scott Frost has in his offense early on, whether he's going to be calling conservatively uh, running the ball a lot, or if he's going to let his offense go be his offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you should be looking for too early in that game, man. That'd be such a great growth growth point to see in the offensive line as they continue to learn, I think picking up those stunts and picking up weird looks on pass blocks is such an experience and such a practice thing mm-hmm. uh, to, to recognize what's happening and a communication thing. Like that's such a thing that we talk about the growth of the offensive line, even it, it's trust. It's it's huge. Trusting the guy next to you to pick, pick up the guy whenever you push him down the line or and trusting yourself as well. Trusting your, Oh, okay. That's what you were thinking. I was thinking both. Okay. I was yeah. thinking you, you got to trust the guy next to you. You got to trust yourself. If, if everyone in the offensive line can do that, it makes things a lot easier. If you trust, when I pass this guy off, the guy next to me knows what he's doing. He's going to pick him up, and I'm going to wait for this guy looping around. Mm-hmm. If you can trust yourself to pick up the guy looping around, and you can trust the guy next to you to pick up the guy that you're passing off, it makes pass protection pretty easy. And a trust in Cam Jurgens to be able to call that at the line, too. To be able to call out, yeah, blitzers, to be able to call out Mike Linebacker, um, any sort of to set, slide to set protection. The, set set the protection. protection, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, that's a huge – I think a lot of times we talk about the growth of the offensive line in terms of the run – because that's what everybody thinks of whenever they think about offensive line growth is can we assert our dominance in the mm-hmm. run, but also to be able to give Adrian Martinez a chance and not in overtime, let up a sack 
that screws us over. You know, I think I think that's a growth point that I'd love to see this week. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so now, what we're expecting Nebraska to bring to the table? Uh, what what improvements do you want to see? Obviously, there's a lot we want to see improved from Colorado. What what improvements are you looking for this week, or, or what changes from the game plan or the way our players act or play in this game? What are you looking for? Well, we, we already went over the offensive line, what I want to see from them. I want to see Scott Frost show some trust in them early. If we're not seeing any long pass plays, that's a big warning sign that he still doesn't trust them. If we're seeing more zone plays as opposed to power run plays, especially with Maurice Washington in the, in the backfield, that's a warning sign that he's not trusting them as much. Zone blocking is put a hat on a hat and let a running back make a cut and figure out where the hole is. Uh, whereas opposed to a power, a counter, anything like that, where you got pullers coming around and it's double teams uh, chipping off to backers uh, where um, a little, little more difficult for the offensive line mm-hmm. to get the cohesion. I'm looking for that early. I'm looking for receivers on offense to be getting open, making plays. I want to see guys like Mike Williams, uh, Ken Noah. Uh, do we know if uh, Cade Warner's active this week? He's not, he's not active. Um, then I JV, I'm a quitty. I want to see these guys getting open, just getting the ball thrown their way. Yeah. I don't even care if they don't make catches. Yeah. I have, I've seen Ken Noah get the ball thrown to him four times. Mm-hmm. I've seen Mike Williams get it thrown to him about once or twice. I, I want to see these guys getting open and making plays. I expect that Troy Walters and Scott Frost are going to make an emphasis, to try to get some of these guys involved early. Yeah. I think uh, in the interview this morning, uh, Troy Walters was talking about how um, we just need in general, more of those guys, not even to step up, but just to see the field more. He was talking about how he wants to get more of those receivers out on the field um, because if all we're doing is relying on Wandale and JD and um, Williams every single game by the end of the season, we're going to be burned out. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying we just need more of those guys to be out on the field early in the season, getting their rhythm, getting getting their chances, getting their reps. Um, And I'm, I'm I'm excited to see that, and I hope we can just disperse the ball more. And I understand that some of that is just attributed to the plays we're running and the checks Adrian's making. And I, I don't really think Adrian is consciously thinking I'm not going to throw it to this guy. Um, oh, we we definitely set up more plays to go to our playmakers and Wandale and JD sure. and so it's this weird, it's this weird thing where, where coaches keep saying we need to get the ball to our playmakers, but then also the, we also hear, well, we need, we need to spread more, the ball around. We, we need, need to keep to the defense the off around. balance. Yeah. And so, and I think that, Partially, that's because the media keeps leading that way as well. I think the media is pretty bipolar in that, too, of saying that's a weakness, but then also saying, why haven't we seen big plays from J.D. or Wandale? And that's frustrating to me that we can't. I really think the offensive rhythm issues this year, people have said, oh, Martinez hasn't found his rhythm. I think these this coaching staff hasn't found what works for this offense yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we've seen so many issues with players it almost feels like not being utilized correctly, especially wide receivers, tight ends. Um, some weird play calls. I think it's because Scott and Troy are still experimenting with how they want this offense to work, which happened last year. But I think it we actually it looked differently for us observing it because we were seeing guys drop off the team. We mm-hmm. were seeing um, the offense was figuring itself out last year, but we mostly attributed that to it being a new system and a new team that's adjusting. The thing is, is we're still seeing that again this year. Yes, we're still seeing an offense that's trying to figure out its identity. Uh, like last year, we didn't figure out that it was going to be divine until game five, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and this year we haven't really seen we haven't seen rhythm. And I think you're right, Elijah, that it's like it's Scott and and Troy trying to figure out. I mean, potentially, 
trying to figure out a rhythm still to this offense and, and who are our dependable guys. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's all shaking out still. So maybe that's just a theme of the way that they run the offense. If it's, I mean, seems like a similar theme two years in a row, mm-hmm. at least just trying to figure out what this looks like for us. So we're the defensive side of the ball now for sure where the game plan here has got to be, let your four guys up front get a pass rush by themselves. I don't think you want to be bringing any creative blitzes against Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Not a great offensive line. Uh, it's a quarterback that likes three and five step drops, which bringing linebackers and bringing safeties and stuff like that is going to expose you on the back end. Uh, I expect to see that occasionally and I expect to see it come up big, similar to South Alabama game, where we didn't bring pressure that much, but when we did, it got there because the offensive line wasn't expecting it. I'm expecting the same thing. I'm expecting to see our top three defensive linemen out there more this week. Um, because the Colorado game kind of showed the depth behind them. Uh, whenever they got tired, it wasn't the best. So I'm expecting to see Darian Daniels out there a lot. I'm expecting to see the Davis twins out there a lot. Uh, Alex Davis is almost solidifying himself as one of the better pass rushers on this team, which we've heard hyped up for a couple years now, and I was ready to see it. And in the past two games, I think he's been one of our more consistent pass rushers. Those are the four I'm expecting to see out there a lot. Uh, alongside... Caleb Tanner got a sack last week. I kind of want to see how well he does this week. And uh, JoJo Doman as well. I want to see how Mo Berry bounces back as a captain in this game from uh, a less than stellar week against Colorado. Um, seemingly like he's he's pretty pit, he was pretty pissed in those press conferences. Um, I want to see how the leaders on defense and offense, um, but defense uh, bounce back from last week and what kind of attitude we have. Um, if we come out like we did in the first half against Colorado, if we're going to come out with less intensity because we're down on ourselves or disappointed, like I want to come out, I want to see them come out bad out, bad out of hell. Um, just hair on fire, ears pinned back, just getting after the offense again. Um, and keep that up for the entire game, but we'll see how they respond. The, the Northern Illinois team as a whole, uh, they were turning talent. I think they have. 12 guys playing in this game who started uh, two years ago, something like that. Um, so they're, they're bringing talent back here. Experience uh, against they they, they they know how to win in Lincoln, mm-hmm. but it is an, a new coaching system. So with that being said on defense, I'm expecting to see they're going to throw the ball a lot. I think we're going to stay a lot in our base coverages, our base defense. We're going to bring four, and that's going to be a big storyline of the game. Is If we can get pressure with four defensive linemen, we should win this game. No, no doubt in my mind. They're not going to be able to get anything going on offense if we can get him pressured and uncomfortable with only four guys. If we have to start bringing different blitz packages, bringing different guys, and then we start exposing ourselves in the back end a little more, it's danger time. That, that's your defensive storyline for a game right there. Only one way to find out. Got to watch it tomorrow, Elijah. Um, now, what? let's move on. We've only got a couple minutes left here in our half hour. Uh, let's make some predictions, you and me, Elijah. Um, winner and loser. Predictions. I'm saying Nebraska wins. Give me a score. Give me. Uh, uh, I'm saying. I'm saying the offense still hasn't found fully found a rhythm with itself. It still has to figure itself out, especially with this Northern Illinois um, defense. I'm gonna say 28. Two. How many points does Northern I'm Illinois thinking. score? 28. <laughs> Seven, 17. 28. 17. Okay. I. Uh, I also believe Nebraska gets the win here. Um, we are a Husker half hour. Uh-huh. I think it'd be wrong for us to predict otherwise, except the Ohio State week. Oh, yeah. We're looking too far ahead, but I, I don't know if I'm picking Nebraska on that one. Uh, but for this game on Saturday, I think the defense is going to be the storyline again. The offense is going to – they're going to sputter a little bit at times. I think they're going to get it done. I get Nebraska 
Isaac Armstrong redemption story. He'll have a field goal. Twenty four seven Nebraska. All right. Decently low scoring. Seven. We're gonna we're, that our defense is gonna have the talent to hold. Twenty Northern Illinois in their passing attack. It's a rough estimate. Twenty four to seven. Twenty four to ten. Somewhere in there. Twenty four to six would be cool. Oh, okay. So you're not making a bold prediction here. Uh, rough estimate. Over r- here. Rough estimate over here. Twenty eight to seven. Somewhere in that area. I don't think Northern Illinois scores more than fourteen points. I, I think our defense can can shut them down. Do you have a player of the game for Saturday? Player of the game. I'm going to have to say um, I'm feeling Wandale, man. You think, you think this is the game I, for Wandale? I think this is the game for Wandale. I think, uh, I think there was times in the Colorado game where Adrian was trying to get the ball to Wandale, and I think this is the game where, where it clicks. Um, I think they're going to – I have a feeling like they're going to be trying to use him more creatively in the run game this week. I think they're going to – I think that – I could see why going into Colorado that they wouldn't want to experiment with that as much. I think they're going to experiment with it more against Northern Illinois. Um, I feel like this is going to be Wandale's game. Who's your defensive MVP? Defensive MVP? I'm going to go... Um, uh, I'm feeling some intersections, interceptions from the secondary. Uh, intersections. Some intersections <laughs> with the second... Uh, with the second stick for roundabouts yeah <laughs> <laughs> some messy intersections they're gonna run into each other uh i don't know out of that secondary who do i think is gonna i think i'm feeling um lamar jackson's gonna have an interception and take it back uh for a touchdown pick six lamar jackson so your mvp mvp lamar jackson okay offensively <laughs> very very uh non-educated offensively uh I still think the wide receivers struggle to get involved, which means that MVP could either be Martinez, Maurice Washington, or J.D. Spielman. Uh, because you don't think they're going to figure it out. It's going to be the three guys we expect to going into the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, if if Maurice Washington or Adrian, if any three of those guys play a lights-out game, I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. I, even if there's no distribution, I'm going to be happy that at least one of them finally played a game like they were supposed to. It's a... Uh, it's kind of wrong for me to do so, but I'm going to give the MVP to the quarterback. I think Adrian Martinez is the MVP. I think he puts up some good stats. Yeah. Uh, some, so as a leader coming out of Colorado, um, I think he puts up like 23 of 29 for 200 something yards, two touchdowns. Mm. Uh, defensively, this is tough because I think it's got to come from the secondary too. It could also come from the pass rush, but I don't think we're going to be that disruptive. And I think the the defensive players tend to get a little more recognition anyway. Um, DiCaprio Buda had a great game last week, and I'm waiting for him to finally, you know, bust out into the limelight and, and have a big game. So I, I could see him being a defensive MVP. Um, it, it's harder for me to pick a defensive MVP than an offensive MVP. Uh, DCAP's a good chance. Um, I like one of the Davis twins as well, but I think it's going to be an under the radar, really good game for Muhammad Barry that gets him the defensive MVP. Mm-hmm. Something like 13, like a Levante David style game. Yeah, remember, remember his games where he'd have like fourteen tackles, and you'd look and be like, "Did he really have fourteen tackles today?" Actually, happen. Like if I watched the highlight reel of that, he went mm-hmm. back and just had those tackles, just clinical and yet like simple, like somehow not flashy, somehow like just getting the job done. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Muhammad Barry to be in on a lot of gang tackles and have one of those bigger, bigger games where it's a uh, thirteen tackles, maybe a forced fumble. I love it. Where he's he's solid and he's not going to be flashy, but he, he's going to get the job done. He's my MVP. You know what I want this week? I want this week to be a week where 
where the Nebraska team shows it on the field that the week of practice they had. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely just want to believe that they practiced well this week after Colorado and that they, they took that loss and they took those emotions and turned them into like production on in the practice field. That's going to result in production on the game day field yeah. in Memorial stadium. And I think that I just, I just want to see that so badly. And I want that, I want that to be the story of this where they come out and make a statement to themselves more than anybody else, because it's Northern Illinois. I don't think it's going to look like a statement to anybody but Nebraska fans mm-hmm. who go, Phew, I'm glad I didn't have to worry about that at all the game. And maybe but, some college football analysts who watched Utah last week. Yeah. Um, I want it to be a statement to themselves going into Ohio State, going into the rest of the season, that we're still who we thought we were before we lost to Colorado. Well, that's all the time we got on the Husker Half Hour. I guess we're going to see how those Huskers play tomorrow night. 7 o'clock games on Fox Sports 1. We'll be watching. You should, too. Uh, That's all the time we got. For Ben, this is Elijah Herbal. Why don't you ever let me talk? Because I don't like you. For Elijah, this is Ben Herbal. (laughs) Join us next week. Thanks for listening (laughs) to the Husker Half Hour. (laughs) See you later.